Hello and welcome to the newly relaunched Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology podcast in conversation with. I'm Hugh Thomas, the Deputy Editor. Each month, we'll be talking to the authors of a highlighted article in the upcoming issue, getting an insight into the genesis of their work, the key findings, and the implications for patient care and future research. In this episode, we'll be discussing a new comment piece appearing in our April 2021 issue, focusing on aspects of reproductive health in women with chronic liver disease. Long and underappreciated and neglected domain, the rising incidence of liver disease in women of reproductive age in the USA, along with similar patterns in other countries across the world, is driving greater interest in this area. I'm joined today by Dr. Monica Saka, Associate Professor of Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, who is corresponding author of the comment, along with co-authors Swathi Rajagopal and Sarah Whetstone. Dr. Saka is a transplant hepatologist who also runs a dedicated women's clinic for liver disease. She is an NIH-funded investigator with expertise at the intersection of liver disease and women's reproductive health. Dr. Saka, thank you very much for joining us and welcome to the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation to speak. So firstly, our listeners might be interested to hear just a little bit about your early career and and how you came to be active in this field. Are there any inspirations in particular that led you down this path? My path to women's health was not a direct one. I started my faculty position in 2013 studying HIV and viral hepatitis within a cohort called the Women's Interagency HIV Study. And I quickly realized that what I loved about the cohort was less HIV-related research questions but more the nuances of studying women and women's health in the context of chronic liver disease. So since that time, I'd say it's been full speed ahead, trying to raise awareness of the importance and clinical relevance of reproductive health to my hepatology community. And my own research agenda, which is studying how reproductive factors influence the progression of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in young women. Great. And on that note, we can jump straight in to talk about the comment which discusses the broad issues facing women of reproductive age with chronic liver disease. Just to set the scene, could you briefly describe the epidemiology of liver disease in these women? How has the picture changed in recent years? It's really wonderful to see reproductive health gaining so much attention in the hepatology literature because it's so relevant now to all providers who manage liver disease. The demographics of our patient panels are indeed shifting, with a growing number of young adults with alcohol-related liver disease and non-alcoholic fatty liver. So as expected, this has translated into a growing number of reproductive age women with these conditions. As an example, our recent publication in the Journal of Hepatology showed that the prevalence of pregnancies with non-alcoholic fatty liver has nearly tripled over the past decade. In a recent gastroenterology paper that we also cite in the commentary, we showed that the incidence of childbirth in women with cirrhosis has increased more than sevenfold since the year 2000. And interestingly, rates of childbirth in women with compensated cirrhosis are even higher than in women without liver disease. So while pregnancies and cirrhosis may have been an uncommon clinical scenario in the past, liver providers now more than ever must be comfortable with the management of cirrhosis in the context of the physiologic changes that we see with pregnancy. Right. So given this rising incidence, just what are some of these key issues uh, that are facing women of reproductive age with chronic liver disease? I'd say the biggest questions that women ask me are those related to hormonal contraception, which are largely metabolized by the liver, as well as the ability to conceive and have a safe and successful pregnancy. Regarding contraception, there are many myths that have carried over from years past And I can't tell you how many women believe or are told that hormonal agents aren't safe in the context of liver disease. There are indeed a few conditions 
for which we advise avoiding estrogen-containing agents, such as having decompensated cirrhosis, hepatic adenomas, or Bud Chiari, for example. But for the majority of women with chronic liver disease, these agents are safe. For those of you who aren't aware, the American Association for the Study of Liver Diseases supported the development of an inaugural guidance document entitled Reproductive Health and Liver Disease. So this is now published online and provides a really lovely summary of the safety and efficacy of different contraceptive options in our patient population. For pregnancy discussions, many patients are often surprised to hear that they can conceive and have safe pregnancies. And depending on the etiology and severity of liver disease, these pregnancies may be higher risk. But this is really where close collaboration with our high-risk obstetrics colleagues provides an invaluable team approach to optimize outcomes for mothers and their infants. So I'd say these pregnancy and contraception questions are the bread and butter of what most patients ask me. But there are so many more nuances to reproductive health for which we need more evaluation. These include the safety and efficacy of assisted reproductive technology, such as in vitro fertilization, for example, and also understanding the influence of exogenous sex hormones on liver health and our transgender populations. So we've got plenty of work to do, and we are hoping that with increased attention to this field, there should really be encouragement of researchers to study and address many of these unknowns. One thing I did quickly want to come back to is just whether you were surprised that it had taken until now to put this guidance down formally? I would say it was considered to be a topic that was very narrow in niche in the past, but I think it's more timely than ever and really parallels what we've seen as a rise in the number of reproductive age women with chronic liver disease and pregnancy. So it wouldn't have been much longer before something of this nature would have had to have been published to provide guidance because this is simply an area where most clinicians are going to be needing to evaluate and manage patients in the context of pregnancy. So I think the hepatology community at large is grateful that these guidance um, statements have been published, and I think they're going to be very clinically impactful. Great. Thank you. And my final question really follows on from that point. And it's just that what can liver specialists do to improve the management of reproductive health in women with chronic liver disease? I would say if there's a single take-home message from this podcast or from the commentary, it's really a plea to routinely ask your patients about sexual activity and family planning. I think the nuances of reproductive health are no doubt beyond the scope of practice for most hepatology providers. But simply inquiring if women are sexually active with men and whether they wish to conceive is really the first step to connecting our patients with the right providers. Because the goal is for women who don't wish to have a pregnancy, that they're engaging in shared decision-making with the right providers to identify safe and effective contraception that works for their lifestyle. And for our patients who do want to have a pregnancy, that we as hepatology providers are ideally aware with these plans and that allows us the time to perform necessary preconception testing and management, such as variceal screening, for example, in our patients with cirrhosis, and transitioning our patients off of liver-related medications that may not be safe for pregnancy and breastfeeding. It also gives us time to ensure stability of liver disease on modified regimens, and this helps with the overarching goal of achieving safe pregnancy outcomes for the mom and the baby. So I'd say that recognizing the importance of reproductive health discussions in liver clinic is really the first step to providing comprehensive hepatology care. 
Thank you. And on that note of invaluable guidance, we will wrap up this episode. Dr. Sarka, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. My pleasure. You can read Dr. Sarka's research online now at thelancet.com. Thank you again to Dr. Sarka, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcasts wherever you usually get them.